Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Jamie. And welcome to God or Not, the podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number nine. And coming up, Jamie and I will be talking about death, dying, and grief. Also in this episode, spin the wheel. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not Podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. And now, let's get ready to dialogue! Okay, Jamie, here we go. Brace yourself. We're going to be talking uh, up, about uplifting, uplifting right. stuff here. Today. Death, dying, and grief. Grief and uh, <laughs> grief. Well, grief or grieving or yeah, or all the above. Well, how would I say that? Bereavement, um, mm-hmm. mourning, suffering. All, right? Yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and it's and it's something that we all experience, and something that's uh, you know definitely part of the human experience. And um, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. Let's just uh, let's just get right into it. Here we are with death, dying. And grief. This is the main event. Here we are, Scott. Episode number. I don't know what episode are we on. <laughs> We've done so many, you know. This is uh, episode nine, I believe. Episode nine. Number nine. Ninth one. We are talking Ninth about- times the charm. <laughs> yeah. Death, dying, and grief. Some, oh, s- some serious- okay. Maybe it's not the charm then. Yeah, some good, some good stuff to talk about here. I'm, I'm excited about this. Insert okay. sarcasm. No, not. I mean, <laughs> at least I don't think there will be as much controversy, but- I think we've we've well we'll see yeah we'll I think we we've, <laughs> we've said before we'll we'll see so it um, doesn't take a lot all it takes is a spark to that, start the fire that's, right that's true <laughs> uh, so actually when we uh, actually you had initially brought up this uh, idea yeah. that we talk about it and uh, why don't you um, tell our audience yeah. just a little well, bit kind of how this came yeah up. it wasn't it wasn't a big thing it was a uh, it was several weeks ago and uh, I was attending a funeral of. Uh, you know, a family friend had passed away rather unexpectedly. And um, it was actually my, my neighbor growing up. And uh, so so we were attending the funeral. And um, as I often do in situations like that, I kind of, as part of my processing, you know, process, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's a thing, right, yeah. um, I, I kind of look around and see, see what people are doing. You know, I like to see how people are reacting and how they're responding and right. how they're behaving and that kind of thing. And, and so it just got me to thinking that, that this would be kind of an interesting, uh, cause I mean, it seems like, uh, end of life rituals are very tied into, uh, religious rituals. And so I, th- I yeah. thought it would be an interesting topic for us to for us to talk yeah, about. Absolutely. I think you're right. That and here we are. When we're talking about, you know, the afterlife and implications of our worldviews and stuff like that all the time. So I mm-hmm. think that this will be a, um, a interesting podcast. And so, um, right. Great. So let's yeah. dive in. I thought maybe we could start um, just by giving some 
um, some kind of Webster's definitions of some of these. And this may sound like really silly, but sometimes if you don't look some things up or think about some things, um, words obviously have meaning and they can right. be slightly nuanced. So I thought I'd give a cu- couple quick definitions. All right. And see I think what that's you an think. excellent idea. Here we go. So death, right. what is death? According to Webster, death is a permanent cessation of all vital functions. The end of life. Okay. What do you think? All right. That That's pretty, pretty straightforward. Dying. What is dying? It's a gradual ceasing to be. I think that has more of a philosophical uh, tint to it there. And then, well, that that could also be applied to. It seems like they phrase it in such a way that it, it would apply, like you know, batteries dying and you know, sure, applause yeah. dying and 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 things like sure. that. And so that would be more generally applicable, not just to you know, life, not just to us. And what right. is grief? Webster defines grief as a deep distress caused by or as if by bereavement. So, or painfully um, affecting the feelings. So we see grief. I think we all, I think we've all been there. I think we've all been there. We We all have a um, experiential understanding of grief for sure. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, important just to, just to uh, throw out some definitions of death, dying and grief. And I, I thought what we could do is just kind of explore all three of these, death, dying, and grief, uh, from mm-hmm. a couple different perspectives. Um, the first, from the, the, the position of the person dying, and mm-hmm. then the second um, aspect or perspective from the loved ones or the family members who are left. And so okay. I thought maybe we could just talk through maybe some implications from like a naturalistic worldview and from a Christian worldview. And then talk too about, I know that as we were discussing a little bit of this outline, um, you know, you had mentioned that there, there may be some things here that, that are um, uh, uh, what's the word, maybe some misnomers or some, some things that, uh, generally, we might think would be true, but may not mm-hmm. be uh, the case. And so I thought okay. we'd hit some of those as well. So that sounds good. From a naturalistic point of view or worldview, that's right. That's uh, the worldview. And I'm going to stop you right there already. Hold on one oh. second. I just want to, I just need to throw in one little caveat there. Okay. And I, th- I think that under some naturalistic, uh, out, you know, worldviews, it's, it's, at least possible to have some sort of afterlife, uh, a natural. Now that's not something that I believe. Um, but just to throw just to throw out that one little caveat. Can you there, give when me we, an example? Talk about, like what, what would you, what did you have in mind? Well, I mean, you hear things like talk people to, I mean, a lot of the new agey stuff, people talking about how like their energy, uh, could pass on to some other, you know, maybe even some other being or some other state of awareness, or I, I, I don't, I don't see how that could happen. But I just want to, you know, I might just be ignorant of of how that that might how that might occur. So, so okay, so although, you're saying that they they're um, being obviously naturalist, only believing in kind of nature that that possibly somebody 
could hold to that worldview in in thinking somehow that it yeah it could either either maybe that I'm just saying all I'm saying is that uh, this from the standpoint of naturalism that doesn't rule out the possibility of an afterlife. Hmm. Just definitionally, yeah. Okay. Um, like I said, I don't see how that could happen. Right. You I think personally, that it's not I personally really don't believe that. With naturalism, but you could see how or, well, someone else might. I mean, hold I don't. That. I, I don't. I haven't. I haven't seen any reason to think that. Gotcha. But there might be people that know things that I don't, or there might be people that believe things for reasons that I think are not acceptable. Gotcha. And um, and so. I don't know. I maybe that's just a, a distinction we didn't even need to. No, to well, bring let's up, but, let's listen. But, but any rabbit trail, I'm willing to go down because <laughs> some sometimes it leads to Alice in Wonderland, man. You know, and other, maybe we should maybe we should change the name of the podcast to the Rabbit to, Hunters. To, yeah, right. So all <laughs> we right, go down so, right, every with, possible rabbit hole. All right, with that caveat in mind. Um, okay. So from kind of a naturalistic worldview, um, you know, keeping in mind that distinction. We have here that death is final. Like, okay, right. so like you are, when you're dead, um, that's it. You will uh, cease, it. cease to you're exist. Done. You will cease. Scott right. will be no more. Jamie will be no more, except for maybe uh, in the memories of our of our departed. And now on the internet, we will live forever. <laughs> that, that's true. We, we will. We will live for as right. long as there is interspace. Uh, I suppose as long as there's humanity, though. Yeah. So, so our our loved ones too. So if if we are the one dying, obviously, then we will mm-hmm. cease to be. If our loved ones are the right. ones dying, they will cease to be. Um, right. And I think that one of the things that struck me as is difficult uh, is the idea that, and I want to get your take on this, mm-hmm. the idea that you'll never see your loved one again. Or that, right. or that they will never see you again. Obviously, if naturalism's true, and there isn't an afterlife, if if we hold to mm-hmm. that kind of naturalism, then if you're the one who's dead, then y- y- this doesn't apply because you're not th- existing to right. think. Of there obviously. is no me to miss anybody, and right. you know, there so, is no me to. But if you're yeah. sticking around, if you're the one still alive, uh, right? Kind of, what's your take on that? Have you ever had someone? close to you die have is this ever oh yeah you know gone through yeah. your mind and and c- i mean can you kind of give me or just talk a little bit sure. about that for us um you know i've had i've i mean i've had uh grandparents die uh i have one remaining living grandparent um i've been fortunate that you know my parents and my siblings and and so forth are are still living Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I was, I was, uh, I was pretty close to all of my grandparents really. And, and so, uh, that was kind of my first and, and my only experience with, uh, loved ones dying. And I mean, yeah, I, I accepted the fact that I, that I would never see them again, or at least, you know, under, under the way that I see things that, you know, that's, that's the conclusion. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 hard for me to compare because I can't. It's it's difficult for me to put myself in other people's shoes, and so, yeah. it, um, and so I don't. Um, it's not something that keeps me up at night. I mean, I do think about my grandparents once in a while, and um, you know, I, I look back on the memories fondly and and that kind of thing. And and I I guess the way that I looked at it is, um, and w- when my 
uh, my my grandfather, my mother's uh, father, when he passed away. Actually, strangely enough, as I'm talking to you right now, mm-hmm. I'm sitting about tw- 15 feet away from where my grandfather passed away. Okay. And um, so this was um, so. My wife and I ended up buying my parents' house, and so uh, when my grandfather was dying, um, we knew ahead of time he, you know, he had cancer uh, mm-hmm. off and on for for several years, and and it was just getting to a point where, um, you know, there wasn't really anything that we could do anymore, and so and so for his last, oh, I don't know how long they were here, um, for several months at least, um, he w- was the, uh, my grandparents were living with my parents. Mm-hmm. And in, in what, in this house that is now mine, that was, you know, was my parents' house. Right. And, and so, um, we got to experience the whole thing, like right, right yeah. front row seat kind right. of thing. Right. Um, which, and it was, which might make it difficult maybe more for family members, you know, because it's just, you know, the ins and outs, you know, hospice comes in well, and then you, you see, you know, you kind of see all that going on. That's difficult in the house, but obviously- right. At least to me, it seems like that would be better for the for the person. You know, if I was dying, would I right. rather die want to die in a hospital room or at home? You, right. you know what I'm saying? So that might have been oh, you know, definitely, you know, definitely. I, you know, I, the the whole time that this was going on, I mean, it was different. You know, he was for the most part, he was alert and and lucid and and could communicate with us and and um. Um, and it wasn't till like the last day that we really couldn't co- communicate with him on a, you know, on a normal basis. Yeah. And, um, but I just remember thinking, you know, as, as, as hard as it was at the time, um, I just thinking if he, if he could have chosen a way to die, this would be it. Right. I mean, his, all his entire family, um, cause it, cause that the last day kind of, even though it was that long drawn out process that. It, at the end, it kind of accelerated yeah, he quickly. Could sneak he was up like, on you. Yep. Right, right. So it was like he was fine the day before, and then 24 hours later, was passed. Away. You know, he was dead. Right. And uh, which actually, it was, it was either the day before or on Easter Sunday that this happened, and so we were all kind of there, and we had, it was just, it was just really kind of strange, but kind of appropriate i thought um that we all had easter dinner here yeah now let me and ask my you, grandpa was, was in the other room was he um was he a christian yes yes okay pretty now, much everybody else in my family besides myself and my wife and my kids now are, are, another uh, question religious. for you i don't want you to feel like you're out of the hot spot here but since you're talking about your grandpa and he's a christian mm-hmm. does that make um you feel any better or worse um, as far because he was a Christian, yeah. Um, so, like on the off chance, Christianity I, I don't know, I don't know is true. what you mean. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Does it make you feel better that he was one? I I don't know. I guess I never really thought about it. I I mean, I suppose if if Christianity were true, I would I would want the people that I care about to be in heaven. If gotcha. that's what you're yeah, asking, yeah, yeah, I think that's um, what I'm getting at. Yeah. So on that, I, on that kind of the kind of thinking about that naturalistic process. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but I didn't, a, I didn't answer your question though. I didn't answer your question. You oh. asked me what, what was it like dealing with that? And, and, um, uh, to me, I don't feel like I was, I felt sad, of course. Um, you know, I often do. I, I, you know, I think about him, 
um, you know, fairly often, but I, I didn't feel overwhelmed with grief. And I don't know if that's because, because of my personality or if it's uh, not that I'm, I'm a, I, you know, I, I come across, I know as some, as yes, being very antiseptic and you're a hard <laughs> and bastard, so Scott. You're a- <laughs> but I'm actually very, I'm a, I'm actually a very emotional person. Um, it's just that I, I like to be clear when I'm communicating and, right. and it often comes across as kind of sterile for all, but, for um, all our listeners, all the times I've made Scott cry that that's all hit the right. cutting room floor. So he, yeah, yeah. We he, snipped he that. He refused that was, to allow we that had, into the, I, I made, I made you sign a non-disclosure agreement <laughs> ahead right. of time, yeah. which and you, you might be in, in violation of hey, that. My now, wife but, will tell uh, you that if anybody's going to cry in this podcast, it's going to be me, buddy. Cause <laughs> yeah, you might be hearing from my lawyers here, but uh, okay. So yeah. All right. So but anyway, you, but, but, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel overwhelmed, but you know, but it might've been, because we had so much time to kind of get ready for it, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what right. the deal was. You know, I don't have enough experience in this arena. There's a I lot of different uh, variables. You know, yeah. somebody's maybe yep. younger, uh, taken yep. unexpectedly, or taken by some tragedy, like, hey, this should have never happened kind of thing. You know, all those kind right. of things could play into it. But let me ask you, yeah. from like a naturalistic standpoint, do you think, because uh, as I was thinking about this kind of, kind of putting this podcast together, I was thinking if does being a naturalist in terms of thinking that, Hey, this is the end. I was almost wondering if that wouldn't in a way help the grieving process in that it, it almost seems as if th- there would be more, I don't want to say closure or, or more mm-hmm. like a, more of a finale, like, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing more to be said and nothing more to be done. And right. almost like that chapter is closed and mm-hmm. there's a, um, a finality to it. And so uh, um, I was just trying know, to that's be. A, yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I, it, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, in a way, yeah, there's definite finality. I mean, um, you know, I'm not going to hug him ever again and, you know, or things like that. But at the same time, um, you know, I can close my eyes anytime I want and see my grandparents. I mean, that's, you know, they're, they're, they're part of my, my memories are there. My, uh, you know, and my part of my personality is from them. Right. And so, you know, in a way, you know, one, one thing that I, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but, you know, one, and maybe it was one of my kids. It's that, uh, um, in a way, my grandparents are are still here, but they're through me, through you know, through me and my, you know, my cousins and my siblings mm-hmm. and my parents and and so on. And so, um, so yeah, I yes, there is a definite finality, um, but that doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden were never part of my life, right? Yeah, you no, I, that's and, not. I mean, I, I wasn't thinking that. Like once that door was closed, it was, you know, that that was, you know, that all the memories. Right, right. No, yeah. yeah, I was just thinking like, I wonder if mm -hmm. having that worldview would kind of allow things to, I I don't know, you kind of get on with the grieving process. And like like I said, I, 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 it's, it's hard for me to, to put myself in somebody else's shoes in the, in that case. So it'd be, it'd be, uh. It'd be interesting to take, you know, to examine, I think. Also, too, I wonder if 
if thinking or knowing that death is the end, uh-huh. like, okay, as from a, from a naturalistic perspective, okay, like, okay, there is no afterlife, no soul, uh-huh. this is it. I wonder right. if that would, for some people, help them live um, a little more robust life. Like, hey, this is all I have. Right, right. There's better make it nothing count, else right? coming up. I got nothing else to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave it all out on the field, so to speak. Right, right. Uh, I, you know, I that might be the case. I haven't, I haven't seen any research on that. Um, um, I've, I have heard that type of, of claim, like on other, on atheist podcasts and, th- and things like that. And in articles yeah. and, and, and writings and so forth. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced that that's the case. I mean, I mean, you can, you'll hear like sayings like this is your only life. So you better make it count kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that that's the case, but you know, it wouldn't be, I, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if, if it that was the case. too. Like, I guess a lot of this is person dependent and also, uh, also dependent upon how convinced you are of mm-hmm. something, right? So if you're like unsure or not certain, of course it's going to bring up some anxiety or some right, worry. Right, right, yeah. When uh, you see the end coming and you're, and you're unsure, right. that kind of thing. Yeah. So, it's, um, you know, when we're, when we, even though it's, it's, person dependent i'm assuming that everybody is at least a little scared when it comes to death and dying you know that there's a, there's a, a little bit yeah. of 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 especially when you know it's like it, this might be it like um mm-hmm. i remember um yeah i worked for a really really busy fire department we went to a lot mm-hmm. of fires and I was young and stupid, and my thought process was, at the time, you know, being a Christian my whole life, my thought process is, I'm just going to go all out, and uh, God will take me when he wants to take me. Right. Which, looking obviously looking back at it now, like, boy, that was young and kind of stupid. Right. But- yeah, so it gives you like a sense of invulnerability and, and right. recklessness just, almost. Right. And so I was very, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in a few tight spots. Um, and uh, so, some that I, I never shared with my wife until after I, you know, kind of left that part of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were times where I, I really thought it was it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a couple, you know, I remember we had a warehouse fire and we had, um, when we got there, there was just a little smoke showing. And mm-hmm. once we got in, it was zero visibility. You couldn't see anything. We couldn't find the fire. Like the warehouse was huge. Mm-hmm. And it, it took us 10 minutes to to get in and get back in there. It was going to take us probably at least that much time to get out. Right. And we it was hot and we were pinned down. And I was thinking, man, I guess this is how I'm going to go. And it was a little scary, you Uh know, and, and even as a convinced, I guess, convinced Christian, uh, you know, my thoughts turned to my family, you Uh know, my thoughts turned to, you know, if this is it, 
Um, I get, I guess is the way, you know, it was, so it was, there was, there was, there have been, I've had a few moments in my life where there was, it was, I thought like, okay, this might be it. And, um, it caused some, some anxieties. Like, so as mm-hmm. a naturalist, do, do you have, I, I don't know. I mean, you're still pretty young. I mean, you're older than I am. <laughs> I want everybody to know that, but you're yes, still pretty I am young. definitely older. Have you given, uh, and it's, it's silly for me to ask this question because I'm sure you have, but obviously uh-huh. for our audience, have you given death, you know, much thought and, what what do you think about right dying? Well, are you, yeah. Are you are you afraid of like when that moment comes, um, or are you just going to be like, well, when the moment comes, it comes. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it, yes, I have thought about that. I mean, I'm a you know I'm a normal person. I, I would I would imagine everybody's thought of that at, at some point. Um, I mentioned my grandfather died of cancer, and there's been other cancer in, in my family, so I'm. It's like I'm super paranoid about cancer, right. and um, and so every little thing I'm I'm, ta- I'm talking to my doctor and and um, he's like um, and, this hypochondriac keeps coming into my office for every right, little right, bowl right. and bump. Right. Yeah, and so and you know and there's been at least one circumstance where I I had to get some test results or something, and it was going to be several days before I knew, and so I I was thinking, okay, well you know what if this is it and and um, you know, it wasn't a pleasant feeling, but, um, right. you know, I just thought, okay, well, I gotta, you know, I gotta make sure that, you know, I'm just gonna not let it ruin these last few days. If this is, you know, if this is it, then right. I, I, you know, I don't want, you know, I can, I, I better, I want to keep my life going, you know, there's, and I, and plus I wanted to, you know, I thought about my family mostly and, you know, what, right. what can I do to, uh, ease thing? I, I'm not worried about being dead. Um, you know, and this is a, this is a common, uh, a common way of explaining this is, this is not, um, you know, original to me, but, um, you know, I view like being dead, uh, just the same way as I would imagine, uh, what it was like before I was born. Right. You know, and, and it's just, it's not like it was blackness and despair. It was just, it was Nothing. not, yeah, it was not there. So I'm not, I'm not worried about being dead. I, and I'm not even worried about dying. Um, you know, I'm, of course I would be worried about dying in like a horribly painful way. And, and, uh, um, but that, you know, if, if that turned out to be the case, then death might be, you know, a welcome release from that. Um, and so, so yeah, I've thought about it. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't despair. I mean, it's, it's not like it's something that I, I worry about every day. Um, you know, as far as I can tell, you know, I, I, I think I'm pretty normal in those respect in, in that regard, as far as right. how much I think about it. Um, but you know, I do think, okay, well, I better, you know, I got to make this life count. If I want, you know, if I want things to be better for people that care about me or, or people that I care about rather, right. Then, um, you know, the world is going to continue to exist even after I don't. And so, you know, so that, I mean, that kind of, that kind of motivates me in, in as far as, um, getting involved in doing things. I'm kind of a, uh, an introvert by nature. And so, you know, going out and joining something and doing something is not always, right. uh, my first instinct. Starting um, a podcast, definitely something you <laughs> wouldn't do. Oh, wait. Right. 
Some introvert Jeez. you are. Yeah, I suppose. You're not going to be the spokesman for introverts, Scott, all right? All right, well, okay, yeah. yeah so, I, I well, suppose. listen, you know what I, I found was uh, I, I read a book um, by Christopher Hitchens. You know, Christopher Hitchens, one mm-hmm. of the great four horsemen of, of atheism. And it was some of his experiences closer to death. And I remember reading that one of the things that um, uh, that uh, the two things that really stuck out uh, in that book is he had mentioned that he found the fine tuning to be uh, of all the arguments for Christianity that he's heard that that one mm-hmm. would have been the most powerful if he had found it, um, you know, that it followed, but <laughs> that he, um, is this a sneak he, preview to a future episode? Nah, Is that- nah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for the fine tuning of the universe. Uh, but he also mentioned about Pascal's wager. Uh-huh. And I mean, I know you're familiar with Pascal's wager, and I'll, I'll just yep. give it a brief overview for our, our audience. Uh, Blaise Pascal was a brilliant, brilliant scientist and philosopher and mathematician and mm-hmm. uh one of the things he that he came up um in his his book uh Ponce's is is this idea that with Christianity or or with believing in a, in a god or a higher power that he he almost thought that the thinking man or the the betting man mm-hmm. would would seek after god um if he didn't if he didn't know that he would seek after God in, in this, in the off chance that it, that it was true because if it, you know, he basically said, Hey, if it's, if it's not true mm-hmm. and atheism is true, then I've lost nothing um, really by seeking after this God. But if it is true, then, then in some respects, like, in Christianity, I've lost an eternity away mm-hmm. from God. And so it was interesting that now I'm not saying Christopher Hitchens made any kind of proclamation towards the end of his life for all respects. He, he made nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just ended up dying. Um, a, a regular atheist um, is, is what he had said, but um, reading his book, he'd mentioned that, Pascal's wager ended up becoming slightly more persuasive during that time. And I was wondering, like from your perspective, if mm-hmm. like when you were talking recent, you know, about that instance, you know, when you thought, Hey, this might be it. Is that something that crossed your mind? The thought of, you know, what if I'm wrong kind of thing? Um, no, no, not at all. Not in the least. Um, I, you know, I trusted in, I I trusted that I had given it as much thought as I could. And I I still believe that. I still think that I have, um, you know, it's not, it's not a a subject that I shy away from. It's not a subject that I, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I was hearing you describe somebody seeking uh, a God and, and I, I, I think that could easily describe what I'm doing right now. Right. And so, you know, I, I never, no, I, I didn't feel anything like that. I'd never second guessed, uh, you know, my, what I had done, what I had thought. I, I, obviously I don't feel like I have all the answers. I don't feel that I've 
looked into every nook and cranny. I, I certainly don't, at least I try not to have, uh, you know, the intellectual arrogance to think that I had solved the problem. Um, right. And so, but, but I was Dude, satisfied. Don't say that. That's going to hurt <laughs> our book sales. All right. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> right, right. Our book sales. Yeah. Um, no, but, but I, I was, you know, I was satisfied that with, you know, with the efforts that I had made. And so, you know, I, it, but that was a long answer for when I could have just said, nope. <laughs> Never thought <laughs> right. about it. <laughs> well, but that's just a podcast. It doesn't make for good podcasts. Right, but, right. So do you think now to your, like, so now we're like moving to your immediate family. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for instance, your parents are Christians mm-hmm. and um, you said they've, they've even become more devout. Um, uh, you know, it seems that way to me. It seems that way to me. It, se- it seems different for them now than from what I remember as a child. Now that might, that might, but just, might just be my memories right um but i for me it seems different than it was do you then. think that they might um grieve differently uh if you were to to pass before they do do you think that they would have well anxiety i mean they're or i mean grief? they of course they would have anxiety and grief. They would, I mean, they're humans and they, they love me and, and, you know, that's not anything that I've ever doubted. And, um, you know, they are concerned about my future and my well being, And, and so, yeah, so Nat, I would expect, I mean, they, they believe in heaven and, uh, hell, I think. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, that, that's not something that I can really do anything about, you know, for me, you know, it's, it's like, that's, that's their, to, well, to, to borrow a phrase, that's their, that's their demon to deal with. (laughs) What? (laughs) Right. Is is that, did you say to borrow their phrase? I said to, I said to borrow a phrase. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought that was what they would, yeah, that's our demon, our demon to. Well, I mean that, you know, I mean, that's, 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 that's for them to, you know, we all have to we all have to make our own bed. Right. And so, you know, we're all responsible for, for our, our own, uh, situations there. Obviously, you know, I care about them too, and I don't want them to, to worry and, and, right. um, and so on. And so, you know, that's, uh, I, I don't think that their religious background would make their experience either more or less, you know, painful or easy to deal with or, or anything like that. I, you know, it's, it's tough for me to say, you know, right. cause, cause it's not, I, I don't, I don't know what my parents would be like yeah. if they weren't religious cause they've been that way, you know, my whole life to one extent mm-hmm. or another. And so it's, uh, you know, that, that's just part of, part of their process. And, and so right. I just assume that that's how it's going to be. So uh, I had you on the hot seat there. Well, it's, it's, I don't want to call it a hot seat because, boy, we've had some hot seats before. Let's just say that was a <laughs> lukewarm seat, to, to borrow a phrase. Now now to me, now to okay. the, you know, we talked a little bit about the naturalistic worldview. Right. Kind of some of the implications of death, dying, and grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're going to come kind of to the Christian worldview and um, just talk a little bit about maybe some of my experiences and sure. things like yeah. that. and. Let's hear it. So um, um, now as a, as a, it's kind of important to realize that as we talk about this, it doesn't matter which worldview is true. Um, what matters is what the person thinks is true. Mm-hmm. So for um, like for a Christian, 
obviously I'm convinced that Christianity is true. Right. It's almost like a placebo even. You know, it, right. if it's working, you know, we're not going to – we're just going to let it – it doesn't matter if it's psychosomatic or if it's physiological. Mm-hmm. It, it's working, so we're going to let it be. Okay. And so um, as a Christian, if you're if you're a committed and convinced Christian – Wait, so you're, you're, separ- you're, you're clarifying that Christianity as a belief rather than Christianity as a reality is what's – is what – Correct. What, is what will have impact – on this whole on death this. and dying process yeah, right, and grieving exactly. and so on. Yeah, that's a good, that's that's interesting. A very good that's way a, of putting it. That's a really interesting take, and it totally sounds like something that I would have said. Ah, <laughs> you did say it! And that... <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There we yes, go. So, so, so basically you're yeah, saying it if it doesn't matter, I mean, to me, it's if you're saying that it doesn't matter if Christianity was true, uh, then, then what I hear you saying is that, well, it doesn't matter if Christianity is true. And... So that's why I was thinking it sounded like, like something I would say. It's like so you're saying that this is a psychological oh, no, state no, no. of mind that is impacting, separate from the realities of Christianity. Yeah. So so even if Christianity isn't true, mm-hmm. if I die and it ends up being all wrong and I just am dead, mm-hmm. um, the events leading up to my death or to uh, just a, uh, any. Right. Christian, People who are Christians will continue death. to view it through that lens. Right. So it's, so, it's, um, okay. it, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm, I just wanted to go with from right. that. At this point, we didn't, it, it doesn't matter if naturalism is true. Mm-hmm. It, it, it matters what you believe. Right. As, as we build up to dying. So, um, from, um, um, from a Christian or a theistic worldview, um, say a loved one has, um, an illness and they're going to die. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, if I know they're a Christian, uh, I know at least from my personal experience that has made it easier. I, I lost a very, very close friend. He was my youth pastor mm-hmm. for four years and um, we became really good friends. And so um, I became good friends with his family. I even moved churches to go with him mm-hmm. when he left to become a, a pastor there. So actually moved churches just so I could stay with him and his family. And um, he found out that he had cancer. He had some back problems and the doctor said, Hey, look, I'm going to send you for an MRI. He had cancer from the, the time of uh, his diagnosis to the time of his death was less than a year. Uh-huh. So it was very, very quick um, in terms of that. He wasn't, it wasn't like a huge battle. I mean, that year was a struggle, but it wasn't years in the making. Uh-huh. But for me, to see him go was was very uh, difficult. His actually, his father preached the funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd and be that tough. Was, yeah. Um, but as a Christian, I I, I felt like I, I had lost a friend, but there there wasn't a sense of finality. Like mm-hmm. I really I really believe that. Well, I'm going to see him again. Okay. And. Um, and so for at least for me it 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 made things better mm-hmm. in in a grieving kind of way um and for i know for his family of course his family are all very devout christians mm-hmm. and uh boy to see your child die right of cancer yeah. and you know he had two boys under 10 years old um and 
the friend who died. I know that. Yeah. Okay. And so that was, I know it was tough for his, you know, his young wife and his two boys. And I mean, it's, it's funny because I, I know that some people think that maybe, I don't know that some, the Christians can deal with it a different way. I mean, they still grieve. Mm-hmm. I mean, the suffering is real, no matter how you look at it. Well, I think um, what you said before, I think would uh, would apply to you, and and you know, you can uh, you know either agree or disagree with me. But you know, you, before you said, you know, it, it depends on the person. You know, it, it's how the person deals with this, and 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 I, I don't doubt that you found solace in your beliefs. Um, you know, I don't, I don't doubt that of you. I mean, I, I believe that, that, mm. that you did feel that way. Um, I would wonder though, if, if you weren't religious, are you the kind of person who would find some other way of alleviating right. your grief? And so, right. um, and so, you know, that's, that's just what would come to my mind there. So, right. There is, yeah, there is a very real possibility that I would, you know that I would be cold and calculated like you, Scott, and <laughs> right. just shrug it off. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, yep. You're right. There, you're right, though. There are certain personalities that lend uh, to going through the grieving process right. quicker. Well, some people are stable. Some people are unstable. Some people are crazy. Are yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's yeah. it's, it's a whole spectrum of of, of things, <laughs> right. and so um, you know, so you know, there's as many different people as there are people, right? I mean, it's like right. all of, all of yeah. us are different in in our own ways. I did want to uh, ask you, or I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about placebo, because um, you kind of uh, framed this whole idea. You know why? Under the assumption that you know it's the belief that that uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, because even if Christianity is not true, you still would have found solace in your beliefs and so forth. And so, right. um, you know, and so placebos. First of all, is a real thing. Placebo is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what it means is that that there is when like like for example, when they're doing uh, drug trials and so on, they'll have this control group and they'll give them a fake pill or a sugar pill. And so we know that it's not going to have any medical effect, but very often we'll see some response. We'll see maybe the pain, their headache will go away or, you know, things like that. And, um, and there, and there's a variety of possible explanations, uh, for what's happening. I mean, our bodies naturally, you know, can heal themselves to a certain degree and, and, you know, we can, headaches do go away on their own and things like that, but, right. but we can trigger those things. Um, we can trigger our body's immune responses. We can trigger, you know, there's a cascade effect uh, that that alleviates pain and so on. And, and so, so even so, placebos can have an effect. And and um, you know, so that puts you in a position where, so do we do we do that or not? Right? Do we say, like I would never, like I would never go up to. A, I mean, you you know that I am. I will freely share my opinion with you. Right. Right. Yes. But it's not like I would go up to somebody at a funeral and say, uh, you know, he's gone forever. Right. You know, I, (laughs) I I would never do that. You know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, kick somebody Mm -hmm. when they're down, but, but, um, right. But we have to decide, you know, we have to think about how, um, how, how we would deal with that. And, and it, it, it reminded me of something, um, and I can't remember when exactly I did this, but I had it. I, I, I told you that my parents, it, at least from my perce- perception, and I, I know I'm turning the spotlight back on me, but I promise I'll give it back to you in a second. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises, right? Yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, so, um, but the thought has occurred to me that um, there there might come a time, like if one of my parents were dying or something, and and yeah. and if they said to me, you know, you have to become a Christian from, you know, to make, to alleviate my, my anxiety and, and things like that. Right. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that that, that they would do that kind of thing. I mean, it's, to me, it seems yeah. like a, it's like a guilt trip kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. But, that doesn't. But, and my parents are like anybody else's parents, right. Which I suppose includes me now I'm somebody else's parents too, but you know, you know, yeah. we use, you know, the guilt trip is something that, that, that happens. Listen, it's a tool in the toolbox, buddy. Right, right. It but, doesn't uh, have to be used all the time, but it can get used. But and this is something that I every once in a while, like on an atheist podcast, I'll hear a caller or somebody will write in or something, and they'll say, you know, my my parent is dying, or a close my grandparent is dying, or, or my friend, or whatever, and they want me to, and they've been really laying it on thick, and and you know, and and so it puts you in that awkward situation. You don't want to, you don't want to be a dick. But you, you know, you don't want to be a jerk to this person. But you know, at the same time, you you know, you you want to be true to yourself. And so, um, and so, you know, the, these people aren't sure what to do. Their parent is dying, and and you know, they desperately are, are worried about them. And so, so I, right. I just sat down with my folks, and I just said, look, if if that kind of thing happens, I'm I'm telling you now, I'm totally going to lie to you. And then so that's and so that way, I feel like. I don't have to, I don't have to assert myself during those weak, tender <laughs> right. moments at the end. Right. But also I'm not, you know, I'm being, I'm being an honest person. And, you know, I'm being true to myself and I'm, and I'm being forthright right. and I'm not being, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe that's just a rationalization. I give myself, I'm, maybe I'm giving myself permission to lie and take the, the quote unquote easy way. But, but I, you know, there is things to consider during those moments when, um, you know, when people are dying, I don't know. What no, do you think? What do you think right. about that? I mean, that's no, I think that that's like, I think that that's admirable. Like, I mean, you, you want, I mean, you don't want your parents to suffer any more than they're going to. Um, but also you don't, you're not going to convert if you, if you don't think it's true. Right. I mean, no matter I, how much someone else wants you to do it, it's, it's not like if, if I just say these words, then presto, I'm a Christian. Right. Like, that's not how it works. So, like, um, yeah, mom and dad, I still don't believe it. And even if I say I do, I still don't. So how does this work? Right. You know, like, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that uh, – and I actually just heard an episode. Um, you know, we're coming up on the holidays. We just went through Thanksgiving. And, mm -hmm. you know, I heard um, an episode where the, there was um, – some atheists talking about like, how do I deal with the holidays mm -hmm. and um, do I lie? What do I do when they want to pray and bless the food? Mm -hmm. And, and a, a lot of the advice I thought was pretty reasonable. Like, Hey, listen, you're going to someone else's house. This is what they do during Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. You know, you bow your head. God knows you're not praying to like, you know, if you want to throw a giant middle finger to God, mm -hmm. Um, he knows you're not praying to him. Just go with the flow. And like, sometimes that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just go kind of go with the flow. And other times it's not appropriate. You know, if, if, if I was, if somebody asked me on their deathbed, uh, Hey, I, I don't want you to believe in this sky daddy anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
uh, you know, tell me you don't believe anymore. I don't think I could. Right. I mean, I, I couldn't. I could tell you, I just couldn't. Yeah. And um, it's just so. I mean, I, I think that kind of what you did was kind of backdooring it is very clever. <laughs> and I think that, I think that it's that when I say backdooring it, I, that's not like a dig. Like that's pretty pretty clever. Like you uh, you kind of got a kind of got around it in a a good way. I mean, you're you're right. thinking ahead, and I think that everybody should think about you know death and dying. And one thing I did want to say about the whole placebo thing mm-hmm. is. I agree with you that um, placebos are psychosomatic, right? So they're 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 psychological events that trigger physiological responses, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of you know a lot of times. So that's why you know like oh my headache went away. Right. Um, it very well could be that that that's why they call it a placebo. That 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 pill you took even though it was a sugar pill it should have absolutely zero effect mm-hmm. on your headache right that your uh, psychological state caused a physiological response and so that's absolutely the case but for the person whose headache it was relieved um i think 10 years down the road if you told them hey remember that time you had migraine headaches mm-hmm. and 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 they were alleviated because we gave you that new pill that came out yeah that was just a sugar cube I don't think they're going to be upset about that. Like what difference does it make? It went away. You right. Know, like it, right. all that, all that matters at that point was the end result. Well, and so I think that's kind of what I was yeah. leaning towards there is that like, you know, for those, like if I die and find out, well, I wouldn't find out, but if I die and there's nothing, I haven't lost anything by thinking that there was, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so I mean that, that's that's kind of what I was getting. That's at. Maybe, maybe in a different episode we can dive deeper into the Pascal's wager, um, but you know I, I don't want to uh, devote the whole Hijack our whole the time. Podcast. Yeah, but uh, you know regarding placebo, I mean it's easy to make an argument that we should give people placebos anyway, right? I mean because there it's I mean it it very well could be psychosomatic, but it might, there might also be a physical thing. It's just not like a medical, it's not like the drug itself. I mean, the, like a physical action of taking a pill could, could, you know, could trigger, could signal some systems in your, in your body to to start working or whatever. But you know, for whatever the cause is, like if you take a, if you take a placebo pill and your headache goes away, the the ingredients in that pill are not what's making your headache go away. Right. And so, right. and so it, it's, that is a tough choice. I mean, it's a, on the face of it, it seems reasonable to make an argument that, well, we should do placebos then if it does, if it, if it helps, but then uh, there is a, a downside to that also. And that is that um, in some cases uh, if somebody, and so if, if somebody thinks that this pill is helping them, uh, they might forego what would otherwise be real treatment, right? So if, if this thing makes their headache go away, but doesn't fix the tumor in their head, um, that's different than, you know, right. and, and if they decide not to get that radiation treatment after all, because, you know, because the pill's working and I feel great. Right. And, you know, and so, right. and so the, the, the down, the downside of placebo, first of all, there's only a, a limited number of things that, that can help. And pain is one of the pain is all in your mind, basically. You know, it, 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 there's limited things that it can help. But it, but it, it, if and I'm not saying that this happens often or even, you know, all the time. But um, uh, if it 
if somebody thinks that they're getting a treatment and because of that they forego what could really be helping them, then right. you know that's that's a danger there. Oh, absolutely, that's a danger there. Yeah, no, absolutely, we're in total agreement on that one. And you know, speak, so, speaking of that, and and I know I promised to give you back the spotlight here, but um, do you ever watch? Do you ever, are you familiar with the show The Office? I'm sure you've probably yes. Off- okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah fa- famous show, right? It's a big. Uh, uh, so there was one episode called Scott's Tots. Right? Do you remember that one? Yeah. It was one. No, I don't. Go it ahead. was one no, where uh, it was an episode where uh, Michael Scott. So, for those people, for those three people that are, live under a rock and have never seen The Office, uh, it's a show. It's about this office setting. That's this paper company, and the 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 manager is kind of this bumbling doofus kind of guy, and um, and he's always getting himself into trouble. And so, in, in this particular episode, it turns out that. Uh, when he was younger, he had promised this group of third graders or second graders or however old they were that if, that if they, it was, it was this class and it was like, um, uh, in a inner city environment. And so he promised them that if they graduated high school, that he'd pay for their college, right? He was expecting cause, <laughs> cause Michael, Michael, Michael is the boss. Michael's the boss. He's the manager. And, and Michael yeah. was always he was always thinking he was just on the verge of making it big. You know, he was going to be big. He was going to be a millionaire by the time he was 30. And then by right. the time he was 40 and yeah. so on. So he promised that he was going to pay these kids college. And so, so 10 years go by and they're getting ready, ready to graduate. And they invite him over to the school and the employees all think it's hilarious. They're like, Oh, it's 10 years past already. And so clearly he's not in a position to pay for their college. He's not rich. <laughs> and so, so the show is about, he has to go and he has to tell them, that, you know, I'm not going to pay for your college. And, and most of the show is about Michael putting himself into these awkward situations and then just kind of writhing in agony and, you know, dangling on the hook kind of thing. Right. And, um, and so, but at the, uh, so he has to, he tells them that he can't pay for their college. And so, uh, but then as they're leaving, um, you know, he's feeling really crappy about it. And he had brought uh, the, their receptionist uh, with them. And she says, well, you know what? The principal was telling me that 85% of Scott's tots graduated from high school, and that's, you know, 30% higher than the school average or something. So, so these students were not going to get their college paid for, um, but they thought they were. And so all they had to do was work hard and, 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 and right, make it. And right. so, and so, <laughs> yeah. and so from that regard, you know, it, it was a placebo, right? It was a placebo. They right. really weren't getting their, you know, there was nothing going on there, but they thought it was. Right. And so that motivated them to uh, graduate at a higher rate, which might've happened otherwise, but you know, probably not. So you come away feeling with it. Okay. So Michael, at least he did something good. He got them to graduate. He didn't, they were all, they were all upset with him and so on. But then I was wondering, well, did any of those students not apply for scholarships because they thought their college was being paid for? Oh, or, or did, yeah. Or did, or did their parents not save anything because they thought it was going to be covered, you know, and that kind of thing. And right. so, and so, right. so that's what I meant before when I was saying that, you know, yeah, I mean, you can make an argument that it's, that it's helpful. But on the flip side of that is if you think it's helpful, then you might not seek other types of remedies um, right. to continue on. But I'm sorry. So what were you saying about the... Oh, man, that doesn't make for as good a segue, man. Come on. Okay, well, we'll, we'll just no. cut that out. Okay, That's, so we'll cut that out. That's no problem. No, we got to keep it now. <laughs> it's in. It's in forever. So, yeah, this brings me to another kind of another point that if, say, for like a Christian, uh, you know, 
obviously we, I have a, a fear of possible punishment. Mm-hmm. And I also have um, um, kind of an excitement as, as, as a possible reward. Right. Um, and so I, I wonder if, because I know this might, I know this scares the living hell out of atheists. I've heard people say this all the time, that if you need a God to live a morally upright life, then you're some kind of monster. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I am. Mm-hmm. Because I, I've thought to myself before, man, if I wasn't a Christian, mm-hmm. You know, like I would look out for, and I'm not saying that the other people would do this. I'm just saying that from my perspective, if I wasn't a Christian, you know, um, you know, I would look out for number one, Mm -hmm. whatever that, whatever, however that would work out. Um, So, so, so what you're saying is that you're just a jerk on a leash. Basically. Yes. That's, that's, that's right. So, um, so, but I, 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 and who knows how, how I'd really behave? I think you're selling yourself I short. I, I think uh, I think you need to give yourself a little bit more credit. Um, I don't know. I, I think- Have you ever had this? You know, I used to tell my students all the time. I used to say, if you think people are inherently good, mm-hmm. you're out of your mind. <laughs> and I'll and I tell you how I could prove it demonstrably. Okay. All right. Let's let's. Um, and I, I take a, one of the verses in the Bible that basically says, "Hey, you know, out of out of um, out of your mouth, you know, flows the abundance of your, of your heart, and mm-hmm. you know what you think about." It. So it's not always your what your actions, what you do, but it's also what you think about is kind of what puts us in this 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 quagmire of 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 misery mm-hmm. and wretchedness, so to speak. So I, I said, "Listen, if you were in your home, you woke up one morning and you realized that." That somehow you had this, you know, giant, L, uh, you know, um, LED flat screen TV attached to your head with electrodes mm-hmm. that you cannot uh, you cannot un- unplug, you cannot uh, unattach, and they projected every thought you had mm-hmm. in in HD. Would you leave the house? Oh no! And there's crickets. Nobody would do yeah, that. Yeah. For, no way. Right. And so. And so I, I just sometimes I think to myself, um, and I think of, and again, I, I'm not trying to like, ha, ah, see, my worldview is way better. This is definitely not what I'm going with mm-hmm. this. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm th- I've often thought to myself just how wretched of a person I am, just of, of, mm-hmm. of you know, things. And Apostle Paul once said the things that I want to do. I, I don't do and the things I don't want to do, I ultimately do. And like, this is like the, the human nature wreck. And so I've often thought that if, if, if there wasn't God there, um, and, and I, I don't really work out of fear or, you know, fear of, of punishment or, or, or looking towards reward anymore. That may have been the case at one point, mm-hmm. but now it's almost like I want to please God. Okay. You know, like I want to please him. Like I, I want him to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and, I, and so it's kind of like that kind of relationship at, at this point. And so I, I, I just know that for me, this, this idea that there's going to be an afterlife and I'm going to be judged and, and, and that like, and that I want, you know, my father in heaven to be proud of me. Like that, that, that helps me to live a more morally upright life. Now, as a naturalist, like 
I and I know and I like I know you're a good person. I know you're a family man mm-hmm. and things like that. So, what is it like as far as? And I hate to get too far into the weeds because I know this isn't directly related to death and dying, but like some people could see that and say, well, there there isn't as much a fear aspect, you know, or a possible reward of, of an afterlife with a naturalist. Uh-huh. So what's keeping you guys stable, right, and and on the leash, so to speak? Um, you know what what would you think? To that? Well, I I guess the the short answer that I would, I would say would be the same thing as you. And what I mean by that is I don't think that, that it's your belief that's making you the, the person that you are. I don't, I don't, I, I know that it feels that way to you. And I, I, I don't really have any reason to doubt what you're saying. Um, right. But like, like my grandpa, for example, he was a very religious person and then he passed away and, and people were talking about how he was such a godly man. And, and he was, he, you know, he lived his life the way he, he, the way he perceived Jesus and, and so on. I mean, he was a very generous person, very giving, not judgmental at all. Um, but I, but when people would say that, I would, it would, to me, it just seemed like they were taking away from the I no, I don't think that that was it. I think he was just a good person, and you know, I and I think that about you too. I don't, I don't think that you would, I don't think that you would, you know, succumb to your rape to your, and pillage yeah, to your basis uh, <sighs> desires. I don't, I don't think if I don't think that you would do that. I, you know, I, I think that you're that you're a better person than that, and and that, and to me at least that that's kind of a frustrating thing is is that you know people don't give themselves a lot of credit uh, as far as whether or not what I would do. Um, you know, I'll just, I'll just give, I like the answer that Penn Jillette gave, you know, he's the, from, uh, Penn and Teller, uh, a famous, mm-hmm. um, atheist. And he said that, and, and somebody asked him, so if, if there's no God, then what's stopping you from just raping and pillaging all you want? And, and, and he said, nothing. I am raping and pillaging however, how much I want. And the amount that I want is zero. And so it's it's giving himself a little bit of the credit for the type of person that he is, and I, I think that's important. Right. I think it's important that you uh, that you stand up for things that you've accomplished, and that you you know that you can you don't have to give credit to anybody else if if it's something that you accomplished, and you don't have to. And it's also just you know on the flip side of that, it's important to take credit for for the bad things that you do too. And I and I think that if if a person is a good person, then even if it's somebody who believes that that uh, you know that it's their belief in God that's that's now that's um, making them good, uh, you know, I think I think that you'd be surprised, and I think that you obviously maybe have never spent a day in the mind of Jamie Goodlett. Oh well, <laughs> no, I, and I'm sure you know, but I but I distinguish between things that you think about and things that you do. Things that we think about um, are things that we've been conditioned to things that, um, you know, our, our thoughts that jump into our mind, but then our rationality kicks in and we consider things, we consider outcomes and so forth. And then we, we act differently. And so, um, I think a lot of that too is dependent on too. I mean, like for instance, if there weren't societal, um, I don't know, restrictions, so to speak mm-hmm. and laws of, and fear of being imprisoned, 
I think there would be a lot more. Well, some people would at least a some lo- people would a do lo- that, and some people would Some people wouldn't, and some people would, and some people wouldn't. Yep. Well, what do you think about um, the the fear of death for a a Christian being reduced because they have a belief that, or, or they have at least an idea of what's going to happen next? Uh, I could see. I you know I can understand uh, why you know why somebody would think that. Um, you know, I did a little bit of research in preparation, and I and I I found that, uh, you know, the research shows that that's not the case. That uh, um, that religious people uh, do not have their fear of death reduced. Uh, also, that um, you know the the fear of reward and uh, or the fear of punishment and the you know the possibility of reward uh, does not encourage you know does not encourage them to do better things. But um, but I can I can see how how that would that would seem like a natural, like a conclusion that one would come to. Um, I think it's an interesting because there's been a lot of things that I would never have done if I wasn't a Christian. Well, you know, like but, there, like but how, how many, how many, like how many Jamies have you known that are not Christians? What do you mean? How, how like you've been a Christian your whole life, basically, right? Right. And so yeah. you don't know what you'd be like if you weren't a Christian. And so it, you know, it's tough to compare. It's like, yeah, I could. See it's like that. saying, I, you know, I it's could. like saying Michael Jordan. Okay, imagine if he had never played basketball. Boy, all of that athletic talent would have been gone to waste. You know, and but no, that's if he had never seen a basketball, he would still be an incredible athlete. And and so um, I. Maybe not. Maybe he'd have been like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to eat these lays. And they're right. You can't just eat one. If, if you know anything okay. about Michael Jordan, you know that he's one of the most competitive people on the planet. And he was. Yeah, I mean, he he's is. an incredible he's golfer, a, and he's good. Well, didn't he? Didn't he play like for the White Sox or something? Or didn't he play like professional uh, baseball? Or was like on a minor league have. team? Or I know something? Bo Jackson. I know Bo Jackson played a couple hmm. sports, football and baseball. I th- I think maybe Michael Jordan. I thought I played thought in the I, minor I thought he might have. Maybe it was Deion Sanders. I know Deion Sanders kind of did. There's a couple of them. But anyway, and I, but I but I, anyway, I know Michael Jordan was is yeah. And, but what I'm saying yeah, is that you know it's it's t- you you don't know what you'd be like if you weren't a Christian and you might be right. I'm not saying that I have any information that you don't, but you know, but I'm saying that there's a lot of so that information about, um, that you also don't have. Right. No, I mean, that's true. We, we all, all don't know what we would be like in, in or under certain right. circumstances, right. Yeah. I suppose. And different, so we can imagine, lives, but our imaginations are not perfect. Right. So I know that I've been in a position before where I've, I've seen other people Obviously, I haven't had to deal with the dying aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some pretty close calls as a fireman, but I, I, you know, I've never gone through the whole dying process. So, mm-hmm. a, a lot of times, people say, "Hey, you never know how you're going to respond um, to all right. of this until." But I, I will tell you that it, I, I've, I've. Obviously, being a Christian and being an apologist and somebody who's involved in this, I've seen a lot of Christians go through death and the dying process. One in particular is a man named Nabil Qureshi. He was a Christian apologist. He was a Muslim, Mm -hmm. devout Muslim turned Christian, and he came down with uh, cancer. Mm -hmm. 
and he decided that he was going to vlog um, his entire process okay. um, and all the way down to the very end. And it was uh, interesting to see because he did, there were times, you know, where you could see the frustration, uh-huh. you know, God, I'm young. I have a young family. Why aren't you heal me? But ultimately in the end, um, it, it just seemed like he had a peace uh-huh. about him uh, that, uh, hey, I know where I'm going. Uh, and, um, you know, I know that my family knows where I'm going. And so there just seems to be a peace. And I've that's one thing that I've noticed about the Christian funerals that I've done mm-hmm. and attended. And I've also um, officiated, if you want to call that, a f- funeral of someone who wasn't. Uh, a Christian. Now, obviously, this is just my experience. Uh, It's anecdotal. But, um, ah, gosh, that was miserable, the funeral of the night. It's absolutely miserable. He committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it was just just straight-up pain and suffering uh, on the part of the family. But then also, I've done the funerals of Christians Mm -hmm. where there was... A sense of joy. I mean, the the grief was still there, of course. You know, um, there was still that. No one is uh, immune to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a sense of hope uh, that there is something else, that there is something more, and that they were going to see their loved Mm -hmm. one. And I I just found that, from an anecdotal point Mm -hmm. of view, I found that very... um, Refreshing, or not refreshing, that's the wrong word. Um, uh, Enlightening? Why can't I? Yes, in, in, in a way, because I, I just kind of wonder, is it like this across the board? Now, I know there's a lot of people, that, and I don't know all the studies you looked at, if they were just of religious people, mm-hmm. or if they were specifically of Christians, mm-hmm. or if they were nominal religious you know, I'm not sure about any of that. Uh, well, so, like it just said, so happens that, uh, you know, you, you share your anecdotal experience, but I mentioned that I did do a little bit of research and preparation here. And, um, it, you know, and it turns out that uh, it does appear that um, that uh, being part of a religious community uh, helps people um, re, uh, deal, you know, their grieving process. And, and they found that over, you know, over periods, I think it was like 14 months or so, so forth that, um, that, um, religious, uh, individuals were more likely to have kind of resolved their grief, you know, after the, after that many months. And so, and so there is, so there is something there and whether or not, whether it's, um, I, I don't recall off the top of my head what, whether it was religious in general, and that that would be interesting in itself. Right. You know, do uh, you right. know do Muslims get the same? Yeah, do Buddhists right? have the do same? They, do they have the same uh, level of confidence and 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 grief resolution and that kind of thing? So we so um, so it. I, I think it would be an, an area for uh, investigation. I mean, like because there's going to be implications if if. If uh, only Christians are getting relief from this process, then that you know that would say one thing. But right. you know, in, but if it's if it's other religions as well, then you know, then you'd have to wonder. Okay, so it is it is it God actually providing? Um, or right, or is this just a placebo? Or, well, 
Right. And, you or know, is like, it a placebo? Literally, you know, at that right. point. Or it could be something like, um, it could be just the, the community, right? So religion. And, oh, and, yeah, right, uh, right. So that you, and have, so religion. you have people bringing you casseroles and yeah, such. Exactly. And a shoulder to cry right, on. Right, uh, You know, people kind of rally around you, whereas maybe in other in other non-religious, they don't have that kind of community or that right, kind right. of thing I mean, or whatever. And, you know, and that, yeah, a lot of variables. Yeah. And huh? so, uh, so it'd be interesting, but, you know, I had to, I got it, you know, we got to give credit where credit is due. And so, you know, the results of that survey were that religious people, for whatever the reason is, uh, were able to, um, uh, you know, to, to deal with that grief. So at the very least, it, it, it re- kind of reinforces your, your, your initial, uh, thought here and that and that it was not the not the it was the thought of the religion uh at the very least so we you know so at so yeah so according to at least some of the studies you found that the possibility of reward or fear of punishment doesn't necessarily help people live morally better or morally worse and it is it necessarily the case that it reduces the fear of death, knowing, you, you know, or believing you know where you're going after? Right, right. They found that religious uh, but, people but it, were just as moral or immoral, and they found that religious people were just as, just afraid, as afraid of huh? death, Boy, of, of their own death. You know death. what? I, I, I find that first one um, not surprising. Uh, the possibility of reward or fear of punishment in the afterlife encourage people to live more morally upright. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me that that might not be the case. Mm-hmm. What really surprises me is that second one, yeah. fear of death, because I've, I've seen I've been at the bedside of so many Christians right. who were at just at peace. Like you know what I, I'm, I've lived my life and I'm I'm at that place and I, I can't wait I can't wait to see well, God. You know, like I just yeah. it. it and so it just goes against everything that I've, I've well, seen. Well, consider, and, and so that was that's the surprise. Consider this for a second. Consider me. this, and and this may not this may not be something that affects your your particular community that that you're with, but many many religious people have a crippling fear of hell, and so yeah. and so if they're not sure, if they're not confident that they're doing things the right way, you know, um, then. Right. You know, that fear of, in fact, uh, you hear this from people coming out of religion all the time is that that last thing that they can't shake is that dreadful fear of hell. And you actually, to tie this back to an earlier episode of the God or Not podcast, um, if you remember back to the episode where I talked about risk taking, right, and how we fear losing things more than we uh, 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 look. F- oh, that's right. You did that yeah, little, the- uh, that little math, uh, brain teaser <laughs> right, right. thing. That was interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so, right. so we, so we fear losing things that we think we have much more so than we look forward to gaining the things that we might gain. And right. so, and so it, it, it shouldn't yeah. be surprising that, oh yeah, it's the fear of, it's not the, it's not the, uh, you know, the, the joy and ecstasy of going to heaven. That's, that's a motivator. It's, it's it's the, the fear of hell yeah. that's that's real and and so like I said yeah. when people are coming out of religion very often that's the um you know that's the the last thing you know that can hang on for years you and years you know what's and- silly funny that that's the case because one of the tenets main tenets of Christianity mm-hmm. is this the only thing that that and, and some people are like what are you you know like when we say saved that that 
basically, listen, if you choose God in this life, then you'll get him in the afterlife. And if you don't choose God, um, then he's not going to force you into heaven against your uh-huh. will. So it's this idea that the only thing that, that saves you from not, like God's punishment and wrath, so to speak, in hell, the only thing that saves you is trusting that what he did on the cross is sufficient to, to pay, to pay for your, to pay for your, you know, your moral misdeeds, mm-hmm. your, your sins against him. And that's right. it. Like there's nothing else. That's, that's it. Faith alone mm-hmm. that we trust that that's enough that I don't need that in a bunch of good works mm-hmm. or that in living just a perfect certain moral life. And so it's, 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 it's weird because, I, I and I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a pastor, and maybe I have a little more theological training than most. But it, it's just such a such a main tenet of Christianity that it's it's you shouldn't be afraid of hell <laughs> as long as you believe that 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 God loved you enough to take the punishment on Himself. Right. That's all you got to well. do, and and that's it. And 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 so it's almost like that. There shouldn't be a fear of hell then. Uh, and so that I, I find that surprising too, that, that, that there's such a wrestling match. Um, and I mean, I get it. Like it's for eternity, mm-hmm. you know, or at least, you know, there's a lot of people who, who don't necessarily believe that's true, that it's not eternal, but regardless, uh, you know, that was the, the prevailing view that's, so, I mean, I guess I could see, uh, that too, like, I, you know, it's an eternal thing and, there's no turning back. It's like, oh, hey, can I get a get out of hell free card? <laughs> I don't like it right, here. Right. <laughs> right. So, so in in having taken that rabbit trail, no, um, I think no, I, I think so that was I think that's a very good point. I mean, it, it's uh, and and it could, like I said, it could be that your particular flavor of Christianity is a little more uplifting than than others. I mean, we you know we hear you really oh, see man. in the news, you know, there's many religious groups that are very domineering and this, that, and the other thing. And you're very, yeah, that's uh, a you know, shame. very focused yeah. on, you know, the bulk of their preaching might be, you know, hellfire, right. Hellfire and, and, um, yeah. and so, uh, you know, so I, I guess we, you would expect that. I'll just point out, um, I've never feared hell and I, st- I have no fear at all of hell. Mm. And, 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 you know, it's just, I, you know, I guess I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones that's never, you know, even though I, I, I don't recall ever being religious, um, I, I definitely went to church and I don't recall really anybody, you know, putting that on me. And so there are, you know, many sides to this coin, I suppose. Not just two, buddy, not just two. It's multifaceted. Yep. So anyhow, so that's our, uh, that's death, dying and, and grief. You have any last remarks on, uh, on this other from a naturalistic point of view or anything that you thought of as we were talking about it from the Christian. No, I think we've uh, touched all the bases we plan to. So I think this would be a great place for us to wrap this one up. All right. That was it. That was our that talk was uplifting. on death, dying and grief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super. <laughs> well, you well, know what? Everybody's got a, uh, you know, everybody is going to die at some point and be dying that's at true. some point. Yeah. And probably I mean, that, grieve. It, it should be something that we can talk about, though. I mean, it, it's right. yeah. I mean, it usually is a sad occasion, but 
you know, it's something that we all need to deal with. And so I think it's worth it's worth talking about. And um, it's also worth getting the perspective of the other person. Yeah. So obviously you and I say that have have a like obviously big difference in in that in terms of the afterlife and things like that. So the implications are different. And so it's always good to hear from the other perspective. I mean, even if we set aside the uh, subject matter, you know, it's a, it's an area that's prime for enlightening conversation. You know, we can learn about each other. We can learn about ourselves. And, and uh, so I think it's definitely worthwhile, even if it, you know, usually is, is uh, focused around sad times. Yeah. Right. And speaking of sad time, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's spin the wheel. That's what we got coming up here. That's we got not a- sad. That's fun. <laughs> it's uplifting, and we right, need something right. uplifting now. So let's right. do it. It's game time. It's game time. Let's. Uh, so let's spin the wheel. Spin that wheel. Okay, and here we are for our famous or infamous uh, <laughs> section we call Spin the Wheel. And we... Uh, Fam- I think you're being a little generous with the famous, famous, yeah, famous part, yeah. We each uh, spin, a, a spin a wheel here where we have some random topics. Uh, and uh, then each one of us a- ask the other one a, a question that... Um, that where the wheel lands and we'll ask the question and we have a couple minutes to respond. And it's, it's kind of like a game show in, in, in kind of a way where we have like a quick, a quick round, uh, if you will. And, uh, so with that being said, I think, uh, I think we should go ahead and spin the wheel. You want to go first, Scott? Um, doesn't matter. doesn't matter to me. Do you want me to ask the question or do you want to ask me? I will ask you a question first. Okay. So I'm going to spin right. the so, wheel here. All right. Oh, okay. It all right. Falls, no, no bankrupt. It falls under the honesty category. The honesty Uh-oh. category. <laughs> Don't worry. The okay. question is this. Is that a category? Honesty no, is a category? Okay. <laughs> I was just teasing. All right. So the question <laughs> is this. If right. I were to somehow, some way, show to you that Christianity was true, somehow in your mm-hmm. mind proved to you it was true, would you then right. convert to Christianity? If 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 not, why not? If yes, why yes? And to kind of go along with that, if if the if if it, that won't take up the whole two minutes, um, uh, what kind of evidence to, would you do you find or would you find compelling or do you think would be uh, most compelling for you um, knowing your personality you know everybody all of us we're all kind of prone to a certain kind of um, uh, mm-hmm. proof or or evidences for certain things so for you what is it that you think would be um, maybe the best category of evidence um, would mm-hmm. you think so if Christianity were true I could show it to be true to your satisfaction would you become a Christian, yes or no? And if so, why? If no, why? And then what kind of evidence would you find most compelling? Okay. And let's start the clock. All right. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to, I'll answer the second part first. Um, well, it, you know, it's tough to, to give a really specific answer because, 
I don't know of any evidence that would convince me. So, but to dis- I, I can describe what it might look like, and so um, it would have to be evidence. It would it would have to be uh, something that is uh, verifiable for one thing, and, and not um, you know it would have to be like an objective type of thing, not some not like a story or or, or um, anecdotal type evidence. It would have to be something kind of concrete. And it would have to, well, it would have to, you know, show, it would have to be something that would imply or um, show that, that Christianity had to be true. It would, it would have to support that conclusion. I, I, that sounds like really a non-answer, I think, but uh, I, I don't know if I can give more of an answer. Uh, but I will say this, and I know this is kind of an old chestnut, but, um, you know, if there is a God, God, God knows what it would take to convince me. And so, uh, so I'm not, I don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. Uh, as far as trying to figure out what evidence would convince me, I just kind of, you know, go with the flow, whatever, whatever's thrown out at me. Um, you know, I, I deal with it. And so I, I can't give you like a treasure map on how to convert Scott, but you know, that <laughs> that's about as close as I can get. Uh, now to answer the first part, then, uh, if you were able to show me that, uh, Christianity was true, would I become a Christian and well, yes and no. I mean, if you, if you were able, if you gave me evidence that was able to convince me that, uh, the stories in Christianity and that the God was real, was existent, I would believe those things. Uh, I don't know then if I would worship that God. I mean, that's, you know, there's some pretty heinous things that are that are in the Bible, and so I don't know if I would be a Christian. Although I know I would believe that there's a God, I would be a theist, but I I don't think I would, uh, you know, I wouldn't worship that God. Right. Or, well, I mean, there's a, obviously a difference see. between belief that and belief in. So you right. would probably have belief that God was real. You just wouldn't trust in Him for salvation. So. That uh, correct. Right. Okay. Very good. Yep. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, my turn there. I'll, I'll grab the wheel here and give it a nice big spin. All right. So uh, your topic is literature analysis, and. Uh, Fret not, because it's your favorite literature. Well, I'm a, I don't know if it's your favorite literature, but it's literature that you're quite familiar with. And so we're going to be looking at the Bible here. And so there's a, a couple of parts to this. One of them is kind of a short answer, um, although I think we both know that either of us can take a, a short answer question yes. and yes, we could. blow it up. <laughs> um, okay, so the first one is, do you, and we might have talked about this before, but I don't think we've done it on the show. And so uh, do you believe that the Bible is literally true? I mean, do you think the story, you know, the words that are in the Bible are the thing, you know, is that, is that literally true as opposed to like metaphor or story or legend or myth or that kind of thing? Um, or if there's like some kind of mixture and then to one, what extent do you go one way or the other? The second part is the main part of the, is the main part of the question. And that is, uh, I know that you have, uh, you you like uh, the idea of interpretation of hermeneutics, and we, you know we've we've talked about that before. About um, you know you have to consider different things, and you, and you like to uh, you know put your own little little spin on it. And so I want to I'm going to read 
two particular uh, Bible verses that I think are relevant to that, and then I'll I'll cap off the question and let you talk. Okay. Uh, the first uh, the first one is from Revelation chapter twenty two, and it says, "I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book." Okay, so that's the first one. So, you know, don't add to the Bible, basically. Mm -hmm. And the second one, so now in the second one, we'll go Old Testament here. And this is from Proverbs. And this one, and I'm sure you've heard this one before, uh, Proverbs 3. This one says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So taking those two verses into consideration, how does that reflect on your liking for interpretation? Because to me, that seems like you're you're adding to it and or looking at it through your lens of your own uh, of your own understanding. So um, you got two minutes Jeez, to cover so all Pete. that. So. All right, here we go. <laughs> all right. So ready? Here we go. So the first question, do I take the Bible literally? The answer is yes, when it's intended to be taken literally. So we know the Bible is is a, a whole bunch of ancient texts pieced together and put together into one main book. It has all kinds of different genres, some of which is meant to be taken literally and some of, of which isn't. And, of course, we use that um, um, uh, that branch of, of, of study hermeneutics to determine how we interpret certain texts. So when I read Dr. Seuss, I'm not going to read that as literal. Uh, and so, and, and we could know that based upon who the author is, based upon uh, who the author is referring to, what context. There's a whole list of things um, that go into the, the branch of hermeneutics. Um, now, when we're, when we're interpreting the Bible, there's a saying, you always, you, well, you don't ever read one Bible verse. The idea is, is that you have to read the verses surrounding it, and you have to have an understanding of, obviously, the context of the verse. And so when we look at those two um, verses, the one in Revelation about not adding or subtracting anything to the Bible, it's not talking about interpreting the Bible. It's talking about actually adding to um, the Bible, ma making the Bible actually say something it isn't by adding text or taking texts away. So if I completely removed a book out of the Bible and then, and then, and then, um, uh, you know, went to my congregation and said, Hey, here, here is the now, uh, word of God minus the book of whatever that would be, um, what that is referring to. And the, uh, second passage, uh, that you brought up, lean on your not lean, not on your own understanding. It's basically just referring to the idea that we are inherently a wicked and sinful person. It says in the Bible that the heart is deceitfully wicked. And so there are some times that things don't make sense to us in this life. Why does good things happen to bad people? Um, you know, why, why did such and such a family member die? Or why did such and such circumstance happen in, in, in my life at this time? And, and what it's saying there in, in the book of Proverbs is just, hey, in, in these situations, um, d d you can't look at it as if you know uh, the, the, the start and the end, the, from the front to the back. You actually have to trust God. <laughs> 
hey, that's not fair. You gave me like 45 minutes worth of questions there. All right, but I'll, I'll end it with that, that it, that it boils down to a proper interpretation of, of the text. Okay. All right. And that's it. So that is that, that is enough. our spin the wheel for this episode. And we are glad that you could join us for this little bit. And that about wraps it up for episode number nine. Please send us your ideas, questions, and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode, Jamie would recommend what a do you got for grief us? observed by C.S. Lewis. Um, this was written after his wife's tragic death. And, um, you know, it um, talks about how this, uh, this guy, this really stalwart believer, how he could kind of lose his sense of meaning and compass, kind of compass, um, but then how he gradually began uh, to regain his bearings. And so it's about him struggling and going through the grieving process um, with the death of his wife. It, it was a very, a very interesting and, and good read. Hmm. All right. Was it, was there a wardrobe involved at all or, or no, that's a different thing, right? <laughs> that's a different one. <laughs> that's a different one. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, well, it sounds interesting. Um, the book I'm recommending is called a better life. A hundred atheists speak out on joy and meaning in a world without God. And it's by Chris Johnson. And basically what Chris Johnson did is he interviewed a whole bunch of famous atheists, including like Richard Dawkins and Daniel Dennett and Penn and Teller and so on and so forth. And uh, just basically it's a book full of uh, stories about the, you know, uh, with these interviews, you know, and he, he interviewed a ton of different people and they talk, uh, they cover the gamut in all of, uh, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the topics and, and how, how to deal with death and, and uh, you know, important situations like that are also part of the content of that book. And, and I believe it was also made into a movie. What, what's it and, called again? Uh, it's called a better life. That, that sounds, uh, I thought for sure that was going to be a Joe Osteen book, but his nope. is, I think a better life now. Ah, <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Right. Um, ironically that that's the position that the atheist would hold, right? Is that now is your better life. And right. then yeah. Osteen would think, Oh, your better life is coming up. Yeah, maybe. I don't uh, know. Whatever. So anyway, it's a better life. A <laughs> hundred atheists speak out on joy and meaning in a world without God by Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you'll be back with us next time when Jamie and I will be having our Christmas episode. Yay. So that'll be exciting. Christ mass. Uh, right. Yep. That's the one right there. <laughs> Xmas. No. <laughs> and so, Hey, maybe that'll be one of the things we talk about. There you go. For our Christmas episode, we're going to just have a handful of different uh, Christmas-related uh, topics, both from a religious point of view and from a non-religious point of view. And um, it should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah. And then we get back into the trenches after that. But we'll talk more about that uh, next time. Next time. So until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other. See ya. This has been the God or Not podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.